0: Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney and Lou Katz.
1: We went over one night to the Yacht Club with the camera crew and turned the light on. And you know, it was like it was like the moment when you turn the light on in the kitchen and all the roaches <laughs> <laughs> run under the counter. At
0: The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney and Lou Katz begins now. <laughs>
2: Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast that keeps you informed on the ever-changing world of entertainment. I'm Lou Katz, and we want to welcome our favorite critic from Vulture and WTOP Radio, Jen Cheney, along with longtime Bravo. radio and television critic, Arch Campbell. Hi to both of you.
1: Hello, Lou and... Uh we are. Hello, Jen. Hi. And uh, Jen, before we get started, I think uh, as we begin this podcast, we have to acknowledge that we are recording at a time of uh, national upheaval and protest. I am not a political commentator. We are not political commentators. But uh, I do think that upheaval like this reflects itself in the creative work in the months ahead And I am going to be very interested to see that. And what are your thoughts?
3: It was already an odd time to be covering entertainment with the pandemic. And and now uh, in the wake of George Floyd's death, it's, uh, you know, it's a really sobering time. And certainly people still need to take breaks from the news and protesting and all the things that they're doing. So I think entertainment still has a place. And I I think um, certainly there are things even that we can be watching that, you know, kind of help... uh, enhance our, our understanding of what's happening right now. But it is a tough time. And I think it's it's kind of like everything, too early to say how is this going to are we going to see more movies, T V shows reflective of, you know, these racial and, and police brutality issues. I feel like we see that already. It's it's been such a longstanding issue in, in America that there's quite a bit of, of pop culture that, that covers this. But yeah. it will be to see if it's in some way different now. One, one thing I will say is, is um, you're seeing it a little bit with the response to police shows. Um, yesterday, they if you realized that Cops was still on the air, which you may not have, um, <laughs> it got canceled uh, yesterday after 32 seasons, if you can believe that. And I think a lot of the you know, police-focused shows are, are gonna be in a particularly tough spot because I'm not sure how people are gonna feel about watching those shows, how they're gonna deal with, if they're gonna deal with police brutality in a more um, consistent way. That's the one thing I think so far that that has been reacting to this.
1: You know, Law & Order, SBU, always had sort of an undercurrent of of abuse toward women. Because I think of Mariska Hargitay. And they, I always thought they had kind of a social thread uh, behind them. Uh, Some of the others, Blue Bloods, I don't know what they would do. Mm -hmm. That's a good point.
3: Yeah, I mean... so much, especially if like CBS's lineup is is exactly that kind of a show, um, where the perspective is very much framed through the police. And um, my colleague Catherine Van Arendonk Donk wrote a whole piece about this. It's so many of these shows have always been framed through that lens, right. and and sort of by default, they're the good guys. Not always. I mean, there are shows about bad cops too, but generally speaking, that has been our framework for a really long time. And uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why people who are having a hard time wrapping their heads around this defund the police movement, it's hard for them. To the grass because we've always placed you know police officers as as heroes um, even when we've seen that that's not always the case
1: maybe somebody will come up with a show about uh, social workers uh, and I think that what we're probably going to see is more social workers working hand in hand with uh, police departments uh, I mm-hmm. I just think we need to uh, acknowledge it so, yes, sure. uh, and I have a feeling this may come up in what's your my favorite uh, episode of this show what's your favorite Favorite movie. So I'm saving a few things for that. I, I may be stepping on your line here. I, do, uh, okay. I have been thinking about a lot of the films I've seen in the last forty years that that speak to this time. So, mm-hmm. let us speak to this time. What <laughs> what is what's on your plate this week?
3: Uh, well, let's see. Um, you know, we we've talked a lot about the fact that movies that were originally intended to be in theaters uh, have been going to streaming, and mm-hmm. I think we're getting to the point now where some of the more high profile theatrical releases mm-hmm. are showing up on streaming. So, yeah. this week, The King of Staten Island. Which is a, a film that stars Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he, he co-wrote it with Judd Apatow, who also directed it. That's going straight to streaming, and um, and I watched it, and it's you know it's very much in the Judd Apatow vein of of it's funny, but it has a really sweet part. Um, and I don't know,
1: built on Pete Davidson's character on Saturday Night Live as well, right?
3: Well, it's really based um, on Pete Davidson's actual life. You know, he he at a young age his father died. Um, he was a firefighter, and he died in nine eleven. Yeah. Um and in the movie, uh his father's a firefighter. He didn't didn't die in 9-11. I think they thought that would be too it would it would overpower the rest of the story. So that he just dies in in just a uh fighting a fire in a, in a random building when he was a young boy and he's 24 and he's still living at home with his mom and trying to get his life together. And uh his mother is played by Marissa Tomei, who is just mm. always yeah. delightful in everything. And everybody who laughed when she won the Oscar should, you know, have to eat their yes. cats uh <laughs> because She's um she's she's always wonderful in everything
1: he's uh, quite a great uh, character actress now yeah. i I read that this is sort of what Pete Davidson's life could have turned out to if he hadn't have gotten on Saturday night live
3: right that's so right
1: where 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 can I watch it where is it um it's
3: going to be available on demand so pick your platform if you want to watch it on Amazon if you want to watch it on Google Play on your cable whatever you got you should be able to find it
1: so this is one of those nineteen dollar things I don't like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't know what the price point on it is. It may be that that is the price point okay. since that seems to be the established price point. Since yeah. you
1: brought up movies, I watched a couple of movies. One I had been reading about, uh, the vast of night, which is on Amazon prime. Uh, and maybe you've seen this. It's uh, it's pretty much an independent film, uh, a twilight zone style, 90 minute episodes. It's directed by Andrew Patterson, and it's quite creative. They make a lot of use of, um, it's set in a, in a little town in New Mexico, and something is in the sky, and uh, they they do a lot of creepy drone-style sweeping nighttime uh, shots. Uh, Sierra McCormick is a young actress who is quite a standout in this, and she and Jake Horowitz, are, she's the, the little town's telephone operator, and he's the nighttime radio host uh, in this small town, and something's in the sky. And this is the kind of movie that would be on screen three at uh, East Street for a week. <laughs> it's not bad, and it's the kind of movie that maybe someday Andrew Patterson will do something uh, bigger and will say, oh yeah, I remember this first movie. And then I saw Shirley with Elizabeth Moss as the uh, creepy writer Shirley Jackson, who was uh, a thriller writer and kind of a uh, tortured soul. Uh, And I think her famous, she's famous for The Haunting of Hill House. And this is Elizabeth Moss and a young couple come to live with her and she's depressed and can't do the housework and her husband uh, talks the young uh, wife into uh, doing the cooking and housework for them and she and Elizabeth Moss form kind of an erotic uh, love hate bond and it's very creepy. This would be on, if uh, The Vast of Night was on screen five, uh, this would be on screen three of E Street maybe for a couple of weeks because Elizabeth Moss is so good. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call either of them great but uh, they were movies they're 90 minute movies and again, I find myself loving these 10 episode stories that, and, and thanks to you, I've been, I'm watching Dead to Me, uh-huh. which I just got through the second season. Dead to Me strikes me as Lucy and Ethel on, on steroids, on, on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Linda Cardellini and Christina uh, Applegate, and uh, they they have a, an odd relationship that starts when Linda Cardellini runs down Christina Applegate's husband.
3: Well, she doesn't <laughs> know that at first. And really they become into.
1: friends, and then yeah. that lie is revealed, and then another lie is revealed, and then another husband is run down or shot, and then a twin <laughs> brother arrives. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> then at the ending is just so uh, I love the writing on Dead to Me and uh, mm-hmm. thank you for that uh, Recommendation
3: I, Just to talk about Dead to Me for a second Dead I had an opportunity Dead. to talk to Liz Feldman Who created the series uh-huh. yeah. um, And I think you know, you, for example You listen to what you just said And that does not sound like a good show <laughs> <laughs> but they are so smart with the way they handle tone and they can mm-hmm. kind of balance these, you know, over the top soap opera trope type things uh, with comedy and also genuinely like moving dramatic performances. Like yeah. I think both Christine Applegate and Linda Cardellini and James Marsden, they all three give really, really great performances in it. So it's it's, uh, it's proof that no matter how ridiculous something might sound on paper, it could be made great if you understand your, your vision and your tone, um, which I think she does.
1: And every episode ends with with a moment where you just uh with a delightful scream out loud oh my god moment. Right. So I'm really a fan of the writing. That's I highly recommend that. Uh what else?
3: Um well a couple things this week there's a new series on Netflix that actually um, debuts today called Lenox Hill and yeah. it's a docu series it's about Lenox Hill Hospital in um hmm. in Manhattan and it follows Um, four different doctors, primarily dealing with cases, dealing with things in their personal lives. There's two men, two women. The two women are both going through pregnancies. And it's, you know, I wouldn't say it like reinvents the concept of a medical series, but but it does really kind of suck you in to their lives. And especially because it is, you know, it's real. And you're watching people get tough medical news. You're watching people, you know, Mm -hmm. go through brain surgery. Uh, there, there's a lot of brain surgery in the show. Um, so if that, if that makes you squeamish. <laughs> Great. Uh, but it, but how, you know, it, I, I mean, personally, I find it fascinating. And then, you know, there's some cases that they're following over multiple episodes, um, which, you know, in a typical like medical drama, it's like, it's like a pol- police procedural. It's like cases of the week. And then the next week you have new patients. And there's some of that, but there are certain people that you're mm-hmm. following over multiple episodes. So if you're somebody who likes medical shows, I think you might be interested in that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then I don't think we talk since the launch of HBO Max which is a, no, a new no. platform that has all of the HBO stuff on it obviously but because it's owned by Warner Media now it's they they're they've dipped into the Warner Warner Brothers stuff so that means thank god friends is back it was not streamable for 4 months and and everybody uh somehow got <laughs> along uh, <laughs> so that's there but um it also has really like Turner classic movies is one of the um oh kind of Articles on there, so it has a really good catalog of older films, and uh, all the um, the old uh, Looney Tunes cartoons are on there. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of fun stuff on there, and they're also, of course, doing originals in in the ongoing effort to um, suffocate TV critics like myself. Uh, but I, I have watched, there's a couple that I have watched and that I have liked. Um, one is called Love Life. It's, um, it's a rom-com series. Uh, it's meant to be an anthology series where every season you follow a different person through the different relationships that they've had. Um, mm. This season stars Anna Kendrick. And I thought, oh, this sounds like it might be kind of silly. But it's actually really, I really liked it. Um, I think it's, it's really mm-hmm. well done. And then this is just a cute thing, I think, for kids. But um, Elmo has his own late night TV show on <laughs> HBO, um, which he hosts in his house right before he goes to bed and it's it's they're only like 15 minutes but they have like actual guests and it's really it's really sweet
1: it's oh, cute now how much how much is hbo gonna get me for to join uh that
3: well do you already subscribe to hbo
1: yes i do yes And
3: you should get it you should get it oh, automatically um, oh well, if you, if you don't, I think it's 15 dollars a month or something like that. But if okay. you already tried, then I believe you should. At least I've been getting it uh, without having All
1: right, Lou. What 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 is uh, what's coming onto the air from the uh, from the world of uh, cats and the cat's household? What are you guys watching this week?
2: We're just like waiting anxiously for billions every week. <laughs> Love billions, and uh, so we've been watching that. Uh, we still got a couple more episodes of Great that we want to watch. The Great, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty much it for right now. But you know, you mentioned Jen about HBO um, Max, we've been having a hard time getting it to load and to work. And I'm wondering, oh, really? I'm wondering if it's being blocked by like Verizon or stuff like that, or because it's a, a Time Warner product. I, 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 have you had any heard of any? I,
3: I haven't, um, and I've been watching it for through- Fios as well. Um, and I haven't had any issues. Uh, so I don't know why that would be happening.
1: Oh, you well, know, this is what this podcast needs. A good conspiracy theory. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe I need to turn on the cable cable box. Would that, would that have anything to do with it? You think?
3: Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, do you have a smart TV?
2: Yeah, we have several. I don't know. I, for some reason, I'm we're just get, we're not not able to log into it. It shouldn't
3: matter. If you if you have a smart TV, you would be watching it through the HBO Max app anyway. Right. As long as your Wi Fi is working, maybe that, that's the issue. Maybe the Wi Fi connection is spotty for some reason. Mm-hmm.
2: Arch, what else are you guys watching?
1: Quiz on AMC, which I started watching two weeks ago. We took a week off, so it's been a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I am really enjoying that. The uh, British uh, drama- dramatized documentary on the couple that scammed uh, "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" in uh, in England, and uh, and I'm enjoying that a lot. And I think the uh, the last episode comes down this Sunday night yeah it's
3: only three episodes Uh,
1: I want to mention you know we talked about um, quiz show last week and since then Herb Stemple died Herb Stemple was the quiz show contestant in the 50s who blew the whistle on the rigged uh, quiz shows of the 50s and uh, and quiz when that came up reminded me of the movie quiz show and now uh, Herb Stemple has passed away. He was a, an Army vet and a New York City postal worker. And he uh, won close to $50,000, but he wasn't very charismatic. So the producers of 21 told him to uh, throw the game, and they'd give him some money. He threw it so Charles Van Doren could win. And Congress investigated, and Van Doren was scandalized and stigmatized and it's it's a wonderful movie, and John Turturro plays uh, Herb Stempel. So we salute Herb Stempel. And one more thing before we take a break: the question still remains, when or if we will ever go back to a movie theater. And AMC keeps saying uh, we're going out of business. We're going out of business. And now, now I read they may not be going out of business. Uh, they're just going to be two billion dollars in debt. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you on the issue of uh, movie theaters and are we going to go back or are we not going to go back?
3: Uh, I mean, it seems like they're going to go back. I mean, in some places they've they've opened them. I have no idea what they're showing because there aren't, you know, I guess they're showing older films because there are no new um, movies right now opening wide in theaters for the most part. But it sounds like they really are trying to, there's a Russell Crowe movie that comes out in July, but then the big one, as we've talked about, is Tenet. And yeah. it seems like it seems like there, there will be enough theaters open for Tenet that that would be the first real kind of test of how many people are, are willing to go back.
1: Well, I mean, Here's here's how I'll put it to you, to you, Jen, as a young mother uh, with a family. Oh,
3: mother, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for we're
1: that. You're more than a young mother. I really No, but
3: I'm I, I'm just focusing on the young part.
1: <laughs> well, you're young compared to me. <laughs> Would you go back into a theater? And, you know, for me, the question is, as an old has been, uh, (laughs) I I may think twice about it before I go back into a movie theater. Yeah. So what about you?
3: I mean, you know, I I still would consider it, again, depending upon the precautions that were taken. Is everybody in there wearing a mask? Are they disinfecting in between each screening? Are they doing, you know, they've been talking about, and you probably read the same article I did about AMC potentially reopening. And, and doing this sort of what they call checkerboard seating where there's it's, it's staggered in a way that you're not right on top of anybody. And so there would be fewer people in the theater. They'd have to cap how many people they could sell tickets to. In a situation like that, I'm, I might consider it. But, but yeah, I still have trepidation about it, like you said.
1: Yeah, so it's up in the air. I don't know. I just, I find it interesting that AMC is about to throw in the towel and then then they decide, no, we're not. We're going to do it. So
3: the thing that I'm curious about, this affects like no one except you and I really, I guess, but um, how they're going to handle press screenings because um, you know normally they ask us all to come to a theater, especially for like a Christopher Nolan movie. And not everybody may feel comfortable doing that, but they still want to do their job. Are they going to let us have the ability to screen that at home? I, I don't know. And I don't think they know.
1: And will, uh, if they have press screenings, will they also have an invited public audience to fill, you know, the theater?
3: Because I would definitely not go if they did that, because you couldn't, there wouldn't be room to stagger at all.
1: Uh Uh-uh. Well. On that note, a word from Lou about Hound Radio and other things.
2: And we have a brand new weekend feature. Check this out. According to the Webster Dictionary, the definition of the word stiff, when used as a noun, is a flop or failure. So Hound Radio, lover of floppy ears and all kinds of music, invites you to enjoy an hour of musical flops and failures. Hey, it's Lou. Thanks to Lisa over in Falls Church, one of our Hound listeners. She is sent in a classic stiff in number 58 in 1972 on the Billboard charts. We call it Sunday Night Stiffs. Each weekend for an hour, Hound Radio will play nothing but lost songs that never became hits. Some are singles, some are album tracks, but they all have one thing in common. They're stiffs. Got one you want to hear? Send it to Lou at houndradio.com. There's only one internet radio station that's bold enough or dumb enough to do this. It's Sunday Night Stiffs. Every weekend from 9 till 10, on
0: Hound Radio. At the Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Cheney, and Lou Katz comes to you from the secret underground bunker studios of the Katz podcasting system. So
1: now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. That little thing we call, what's your favorite movie in which Jen Cheney challenges the dim wits of me and Lou?
3: (laughs) I don't think your wits are that dim. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've already kind of figured out yeah. what might be about uh, this. Um, I think so. Uh, so I don't know if this is maybe your favorite movie or just movies that you think would be useful for people to be watching right now in light of the the protests about George Floyd and, and the conversations that are going on about racial injustice. I mean, as I said earlier, there's so many movies that have addressed these issues. But what are some of the ones that you think would be? Well, um, I'm
1: wondering if you and I picked the same one, because one movie has uh, come to my mind uh, over and over again in the last few weeks, and it is Boys in the Hood from 1991. Uh That is a movie that particularly impacted me and I think raised my own consciousness. It was John Singleton's debut based on his life, and Cuba Gooding Jr. plays a young man sent by his mother back to Crenshaw so that his father, Lawrence Fishburne, can toughen him up. And it's his... Uh, challenge to come from uh, a tough background and uh, pull himself up. And there are some riveting scenes, including one with a policeman in boys in the hood and that the, the other movie one time, uh, I was part of a panel to discuss uh, movies of the 60s. And, you know, we went through the normals. We were going to pick 10 best movies of the 60s. And and it it was the same thing. It was uh, uh, Psycho and uh, The Graduate. and, And the movie we left out, and probably one of the most important movies of the 60s, was In the Heat of the Night. In the
0: heat of the night
1: audiences were screaming in that film because it had such an impact. Sidney Poitier as the Brilliant detective detained in a small southern town who helps solve a murder. I told you to get the hell out of here.
0: You aren't taking me anywhere, you dig? You go get yourself killed. I'm a police officer. Don't you push me,
1: boy? They call me Mr. Tips. I watched it again recently, and it's it's quite a powerful powerful film, particularly for something that's sixty years old. What's on your mind these days?
3: Well, the movie that I keep coming back to, and that I, I thought. That was what you were going to say. So I'm glad we had two different things. Um, uh-huh. Is um, do the right thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, just you know. Spike Lee was on. He made a movie, like a short film with Eric Garner, George Floyd footage, and then Radio Rahim from Do the Right Thing, who you know is brutalized by police until he can't breathe and dies, and it and it sparks a a, a riot in Brooklyn. Good people, please, if we don't stop this, we stop it now. We gonna do something. We gonna regret. For the rest of our It's astonishing that that movie was out in 1989 and we're still having the same we're watching yeah. the same things play out. Uh, and it's also astonishing to go back and, and read the reviews and how indignant um, so many of the white critics were about how could Mookie have thrown thrown something through Sal's pizza pizza shop. I think the kind of conversations that we, we have about these things have evolved a lot since then. So I think that's a really—I mean, if for some reason you've never seen it. It's an important movie to watch anyway. It's also the movie that Barack and Michelle Obama saw on their first date. Yeah, um,
1: yeah.
3: So uh, I would and highly John recommend.
1: Turow again from Quiz Show yeah, is also very important and do the right thing.
3: Um, and then this is a little bit of a cheat because it's a TV show, but uh, if for some reason you didn't watch Watchmen when it was on um, a few months yeah. ago. Yeah, Uh, that takes that comic and it really makes it all about race and police brutality in America. And there's an episode in particular that I wrote a piece on called "This Extraordinary Being," where Regina King's character goes back into her grandfather's memories in the '30s as a black police officer. And it's it's one of the most powerful things I've seen that really puts you in the mind and the body of a black man who's being you know harassed and and nearly killed by. White police officers. So that's another and one. Also, that,
1: that shines a light on the 1921 Tulsa riots, which uh, before that was, was pretty much a forgotten episode of uh, American uh, history, and and something uh, that that deserves a light shined on it.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was forgotten because people made sure that it was, <laughs> like mm-hmm. people, yeah. people didn't tell that story. But yeah, it, absolutely, it really it brought that that piece of history back to the the forefront.
1: Lou, you want to weigh in? on this i do
2: malcolm x from 1992 with denzel washington
3: another special. Yes. yeah
2: does that does that pass the test there for you jen
3: Sure. absolutely
1: so uh it's been a great discussion and lou i'm gonna pitch it to you thanks arch just a little heads
2: up next week we'll be checking in with Anne hornaday from the washington post the movie critic there and we'll get her take on entertainment during the coronavirus pandemic and then a
1: week after that who knows where we'll be two weeks from now <laughs> lou how are we going to wrap this up
2: well i was looking through some songs and i came up with a, a song that i think sort of apropos for what's going on in the world right now it's a 1971 single released by john lennon it wasn't a big hit song but the title is power
1: to the people wow power to
0: the CATS podcasting system.